Hello guys, welcome to Basket News Talks. We have Panathinaikos Athens forward Derek Williams. Hello Derek. Hello, how are you doing? Uh, Derek, congratulations with two wins in a row. We're talking after uh, two wins in a row uh, last week. And after one of the games, uh, after the 26-point performance against Virtus Bologna, you found a note on your front door. Mm. What a game, let's go. Yes. What do you remember? What, what were the most remarkable fan interactions you've, you've experienced here in Europe? Both, I don't know, both positive or negative? Yeah, you know, uh, I've played on multiple different teams since I've been in Europe. Uh, some great fan bases, uh, but with, with Pan, it's been really special so far. Uh, you know, anywhere we go, we're, we're living in, a, in the north of Athens, but anywhere we go, uh, they're, they're always showing a lot of love. Uh, my neighbors next to me always show a lot of love when, when I'm either leaving or coming home from practice, things like this. So they always want to stop by and, and say hi. So, you know, so far it's, it's been great. Uh, I, I can't complain. You know, I'm glad that we're starting to, to play a lot better. But even when in the beginning of the season when we weren't playing so well, you know, you still have a lot of, a lot of support, you know, that, that things are going to turn around. So, uh, so far it's been good. Can you, actually, can you explain me something? I mean, when you play in Oaka, you average... 18 points, mm-hmm. 6.5 rebounds, and shoot, you're shooting threes on like 57%. Mm-hmm. And you're playing away, you're scoring 10 points, averaging like 3.5 rebounds, and shooting threes on 30%. Mm-hmm. That's that's a ridiculous difference. <laughs> what makes games for you in Oaka special? How could you explain that kind of difference? Uh, you know, this is passion. You know, uh, I like to interact with, with, with the fans. Whenever I'm on the court, I like to show, um, you know, my passion. And, you know, I think that whenever we're, you know, we're, we're all locked in as a, as a whole group, you know, not just our team, but, but the fan base, whenever we have exciting plays, uh, offensive, defensive, um, but really just, just trying to, you know, we need everybody. We need, we need everybody out there uh, in, in the fan base. You, you can feel the energy, you know, that's the main thing. And I think, uh, you know, my family coming into town as well, this, all of us you know, coming full circle. And I think, uh, you know, the home games are special. You know, you, you want to try and protect home court. Um, so it's the, ex, the extra adrenaline as well um, playing out there. But, you know, just uh, just being focused, you know, that's that's the main thing and, and trying to just make sure that we get the wins. Where do, where do you think is the toughest gym to play when you're coming as an opponent? Well, ooh, as an opponent, ooh, uh, there's a couple, man. There's a couple. Mm. There's, you have FS, you have Fenerbahce. Uh, you have Pana when, when we're rolling. It's Olympiacos is always a uh, great two. Um, you know, there's 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 Salgiris, There's there's a, mm. there's a lot of amazing fan bases and crowds around in Europe. That you know, even when I first came to Europe, I was uh, really really surprised. You know, it's so much different than uh, let's say NBA fan bases and uh, in Europe. It's like. Wherever you're from, you're you're representing this team, this club, um, since you were born, you know. <laughs> and uh, I feel like in the NBA, it's more uh, like players, you know. It's more mm. players. I like this guy, so I like this team, ah, you know. Okay. But uh, man, there's there's some amazing crowds, um, you know. Being able to play in just multiple countries so far, um, you know, Serbian, uh, you have Red Star, so. There's five right there that are just that are amazing crowds, amazing fans, uh, with the passion that comes with it. So it's 
it's, it's remarkable. Yeah, you had this privilege to play for fan bases like Maccabi, Fenerbahce, yeah. and Panathinaikos, and I was just had this question. You know, what what do you think after going through this experience? What do you think now about the NBA fans? I mean, should yeah. they step up or? Maybe sometimes even in Europe yeah. it gets too hostile. I would say too crazy, yeah. too wild. Yeah, and uh, you know sometimes uh, it's great when you're on the, when you're on the home team. You know this is this is great when you have a fan base like this. Uh, but it's so much different. You know, I, I think you know recently with you know with the Warriors playing amazing. Let's say the last eight to ten years, their fan base is is is, is amazing compared to uh, some some in the NBA. But you have the Raptors. Um, you know, and they're not technically in the states. So this is a this is a, another another team that's 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 amazing. You know, to to be a part of, even as a as an away opponent. You know, so you know this is this part of the game. You know, this is part of the game, especially home teams. Uh, when you're when your crowd and your passion meets, I think uh, it gives you that extra adrenaline. That's what it does. It helps your team out, helps your home team. So. Um, But it's just it's it's so much different, you know, it's so much mm -hmm. different compared to uh, the NBA and some of the fan bases and and most of the fan bases in Europe. So it's your fifth season in Europe, and probably it's fair to say that you found your place uh, over here. Although some other highly ranked, highly drafted NBA players uh, didn't. I mean, the list is pretty long with some top picks uh, that couldn't adapt. Mm -hmm. There's Wesley Johnson, OG Mayo, Ton Maker, uh, Manuel Moody, um, Kenneth Fareed. A lot of players couldn't adapt here. What do you think? What's the biggest challenge for the NBA players coming here? Or it's just about spacing, or it also takes uh, it has something to do with mental differences. Yeah, it's in understanding the importance of every game. Yeah, it's, it's it's different. I think uh, you know, so far, like I said, this is my fifth year in, in Europe. Um, you know, I was able to adjust really, really fast. You know, my first year when I was with Byron. Um, but I, I think you know, when you do come from the NBA or, or different leagues, and you do come to Europe, it's a different ba it's different basketball. It's more it's more physical. Um, it's less space. Uh, and NBA is more it's more run and gun. You know and But I think what I always tell people is that when you do come to Europe, the real basketball is going to show, you know, if you can really play or not. And I think, uh, you know, you have all these articles that come out like uh, like with Luca and Giannis, like it's harder to score in Europe and, and this, and, you know, this and that. But yeah, and it, it is. It's there's not as much space. You're, you're, you can play zones. You can play different different type of matchups. And so I think you have to be really skilled to play at this play at this level in Europe, you have to be able to be multi-dimensional. Um, now you have guys 7-2, 7-3 that are shooting threes, um, playing in the post, uh, guards who are shooting from everywhere now, mid-range. You have to have a versatile type of game. And I think, uh, you know, so far it's been great for me. Uh, I've been able to showcase, you know, every single season different aspects of my game. Uh, you know, not just athleticism, but being able to shoot, uh, post up, You know, just different levels of scoring, and I think some people struggle with this. You know, being able to do multiple different things, and uh, but I think it also comes with the fit. You know, which team that you are going to, and how comfortable you are um, in that fit. A lot of people never been to Europe before, and they're coming over from the states, and not you know not adjusting well. Maybe it's the distance. Maybe 
it's a you know it could be eight to ten hour time difference you know and you know I struggled with that my first couple of years is being from Los Angeles you know you're, you're almost on the opposite schedule it's like it's ten hours uh, ahead than where than where I live and you know as you're going to sleep people are up uh, leaving work stuff like this and uh, you know so it takes time to adjust but I think just being in, in Europe you're gonna have to showcase different aspects of your game and you know so far I've been able to do that. What would be your advice for those NBA uh, players coming here uh, to make the debut in the EuroLeague level for example? Yeah, you know just to embrace it you know I think uh, whichever country you do play in just embrace the culture embrace um, where you're at and I think what the biggest thing for myself was just forgetting uh, where, I, where I had played before and NBA is putting this to the side and just staying in the moment. And I think that's helped me a lot. Um, and, and knowing that if I just continue to keep playing well, keep playing well, whichever dreams or as, you know, aspirations that you, that you do have, whether it might be wanting to go back to the NBA or going to another high level team in, in Europe, but just, just staying in the moment. I think that's the main thing that's helped me uh, just staying, just trying to stay focused and, and uh, on the task at hand. I just I was just wondering, did you have any like phone call from any, let's say, highly ranked NBA player who was maybe considering going to Europe? Maybe they were asking your advices, especially after you spent here a few years. Did you have that kind of uh, yeah, experiences? You know, uh, I've been teammates with some of some of the guys that have played uh, in Europe. You know, Kyle Quinn, we played in Fenerbahce. He was asking me how how Turkey was. Uh, you know what can, what he can expect. Um, or Carl White when he. He came to uh, Panathinaikos, uh, so I played with him in Miami. So, you know, there, there's been different guys that I've been able to, you know, be teammates with before we even uh, come into Europe. You know, asking questions. There's plenty of other guys who've, you know, on, on uh, you know Instagram now, nowadays with Instagram and Twitter and and, and everything. It's uh, much easier to stay in contact with with a lot of these guys. So. Uh, but yeah, just a lot of questions just being asked, like, what can I expect? Um, not really sure. Uh, how is this team? You know, and so far, like you said, I've been here for five years now and I've been able to be in different countries. You know, that's that's the main thing where you have some guys who have been in, let's say, one country for three, four, four years in a row. Um, I've been able to play in multiple different uh, teams, multiple different countries, cultures, uh, been around different people the last five years of my life. So. Uh, I've been able to expand, uh, you know, my thought processes and what kind of what I can expect every single season. So um, a lot of the stuff is just coming more natural to me of being able to give out advice for anybody who, you know, who would want it, you know, and that wants to enjoy basketball uh, in Europe. And sometimes things don't work out for some players, or they want a different change. So um, yeah, it's always it's always good when 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 other players are asking you for advice about how it is in uh, another place that they've never played before. Uh, Dwight Howard went to play in Taiwan and yeah. I remember there were rumors about Carmelo Anthony, Isaiah Thomas yeah, yeah. Uh, going there. I was just wondering if, if these guys call you to yeah. ask about, uh, about an opportunity to play in Europe because maybe they also thought that it might be easy, they might dominate here and, and yeah. something. What would you, would you tell them? I told them to come to Pana. <laughs> <laughs> That's the main thing. <laughs> uh, no, you know, uh, Carmelo, He's one of the players I grew up watching and I've been able to be his teammate as well. So, um, you know, if, if they call Isaiah Thomas as well, he's been my teammate on Sacramento. So, 
these these guys as they call, yeah, I'm gonna give them the advice that whatever, whatever advice that they would want. Um, but I think you know they're they're at such a high level of basketball that they would be able to come to Europe and be able to to dominate. I, I believe, you know, I see a lot of guys in Europe that people are not sure uh, how they're gonna play and, and they're dominating. Like I remember watching Howard from Basconia, uh, you know, when he was in Marquette and. It's like, yeah, that, that guy's a good player. He's, and I'm not surprised by the things that he's doing uh, this season. You know, and there's, there's, there's plenty of guys that, you know, Chris, uh, Chris Jones, you know, with Valencia is another guy who uh, watched over the years and just keeps getting better and better. So um, there's a lot of guys who can really play the game. Um, and sometimes it's about fit. But when you have guys like uh, Carmelo, Isaiah, you know, these are these are big time players. These are all star level caliber players. And I think that no matter where they go, they would be able to fit right in and, and be able to dominate. Talking about the NBA fits, uh, speaking of the NBA fits, uh, what do you think which EuroLeague players would have the biggest potential to succeed uh, in the NBA in today's in today's game? Yeah, uh, man, it's uh, you have guys like Misic, you have guys like Clyburn. Uh, You know, Mike James did it last year when he was with the Nets, you know, these are high level players and, uh, you know, you have guys like Fall from, from as, as been Mustafa Fall from, uh, Olympiacos. from Olympiacos and, you know, you have big guys like that, that I know if they went to the NBA, they can, they can do some, do some great things. So, and I think that more and more every single year, you have more guys coming from the NBA to, to Europe, but also you have a lot of guys who are getting drafted. And players that are are leaving Europe to go to the NBA, and it's just, it's it's a good thing to see. You know, the game is is really changing. I think uh, you know it's not just the states uh, with high level basketball. It's there's players all around the world that can really play basketball and they're really skilled. Um, doesn't matter now. You know, you have guys who like I said, seven three, seven four, who are able to dribble, shoot threes. So the game is changing, you know, and it's a good thing to see. It's evolving. Um, but there's a lot of guys, I believe, that can really, you know, that are, that are doing damage in Europe that can go to the NBA and really play, you know. And one of the guys, for sure, like I said, is, is Misic, Clyburn, like James, these guys who can really put the ball in the basket uh, can translate easy. I think that a few years ago on, on Eurohoops, you praised how smart LeBron James and Jelko Bradovic is. Uh, uh, how they kn know a lot of things about uh, basketball. And we had this tough coaching transition from Europe to NBA. We have just few uh, successful <coughs> examples of European head coaches coming to the NBA and being successful. And I just had this hypothetical question. If you would pair up Jelko Bradovic and uh, LeBron James in one team, the head coach and the franchise player, let's say five years ago, because LeBron is aging yeah. right now, yeah. what do we think, what would we get from that kind of pair? Man, you get... Uh a bunch of IQ, a lot of IQ about the game, a lot of, uh, man, the game would make the game so much easier for, for everybody else that's on your team. And I think that was the main thing I got from both of these guys. Uh, with Abradovic, he's just so detailed in the game, uh, offense and defense. We're, we're, always we're always constantly studying the game, film, I think, you know, film doesn't lie, you know, Regardless if it's good or bad, uh, I think you can always learn from the film. Uh, and as whereas LeBron, 
you know, there's been times where I've been on the court with him and and the other team's calling plays and <laughs> and maybe the guy he's guarding is in the wrong position and he knows exactly where he's supposed to be and he's like, hey man, you're supposed to be on the other side. This not you're not running the play right. So it's like he's so the IQ of the level that he's at of knowing the other team's plays while they're calling the plays. It's just being a step or two ahead, like chess. And uh, that's that's the main thing that I've learned from these from these two these two guys is always being able to uh, be a, be a step ahead. And I think when you are when you are like that, you're always you're always focused. You're always looking for the next thing to be a little bit better. And most of the time, it's not uh, athleticism or or anything like the physically. Um, most of the time, it's mentally in the game and being able to, uh, you know, if you have bad plays or you have, you know, n not some good possessions in a row to be able to bounce back um, really quickly. And so that, that's what I learned from both of these guys. They're, they're amazing guys, both of them, good people, uh, want to help, you know, willing to help. And I think when we have guys like this, it makes the game so much easier. I was uh, thinking about 2011 uh, NBA draft mm -hmm. and I was just I just thought if you had a chance to redraft that draft mm -hmm. but not teams but players were picking teams where they want to go yeah which team you would you wish to play or you, you wish to take uh, for your start of the NBA career Ooh, that's a good question um, in 2000 when I was getting drafted uh, hmm I would say Miami probably somewhere along these lines just because I know that they're the development and the guys that they have, the draft picks that they get, um, Pat Riley, um, being able to be there all the time, uh, being able to put insight. And I think uh, this is a good organization to go to if you're a young player because you're going to be able to learn not only from vets but uh, good management up top. And I think it all goes full circle. You have a lot of great players in the NBA. Um, everybody who's in the NBA is a great player. Uh, But also, I think that comes with like management. That comes with coaches, uh, being able to being able to help you try and succeed. And so, when you have the top notch in management, great coaching, great player development, um, and the great teammates, I think that also helps uh, when you're when you're first starting. And uh, and I think when I was first starting, it was a little bit all over the place when I was. You know, my first couple teams in the NBA with, with Minnesota and Sacramento of, you know, just as, a, as organizations not knowing which direction that they were going. Uh, you know, a lot of high-level picks, you know, in a row. So when you have this in a row, most of the time it's uh, not great seasons. You know, it's you're always constantly getting top five picks over and over. At one point when I was in Minnesota, it was myself, Darko Milicic, Michael Beasley, Wes Johnson, uh, Anthony Randolph. Uh, uh, Rubio, uh, so Jonathan Flynn, I think. Yeah, yeah. like these, all, wow. these are all top five. Yeah, all of us are top five picks. So we're all trying to, you know, play well. We're all trying to play well. We're all basically in the same position. You know, we're not in great uh, winning organizations at the time, and we're all trying to help and, and get to the next level and to help the team win. But sometimes it can be tough when you're 10 of the 12, 10 of the 13 players are all in the same position of, of trying to get to that next level in the NBA. So, um, but yeah, when you have great organizations, I, I've been 
lucky enough to not only play on some organizations that aren't as successful right now, but then I've been able to be on teams like Miami, be able to be on teams like the Cavs and have uh, elite management, elite players, and and be able to teach the game, you know, the right way. And I think that's when I was able to have, you know, one of my better years when I was with Cleveland of just consistency, you know, every single every single day of knowing what you're supposed to do, knowing your roles. Uh, when, when it's like that, the game's easy. Wait, but that Miami team on 2011, they already had a big three, right? Yeah, that was... Where, uh, where do you would find a space to play alongside these guys? Oh, man. Uh, being so young, I would just try and get rebounds and run the court and if I'm open in the corner shoot uh, but this was an amazing experience to to be able to play against uh, you know you have D Wade LeBron Chris Bosh they were just kind of forming their their big three and uh, I think that it was like showtime man it was, it was you know you gotta think LeBron 12 years ago D Wade 12 years ago Chris Bosh 12 years ago it's a uh, the most uh, in their primes, you know, they're in their primes. And it's one of the high, highest level basketballs that you can possibly play at. You know, they, I think they had a streak of 30 wins in a row at this time. And this is it's outrageous. So uh, not only do they have like the fear factor, they also had the talent. They also had the management. So, yeah, if I was to be on this team, yeah, I would just sit in the corner, run in transition, do some of the smaller things to definitely uh, build my way up. Which NBA rule you would like to bring to the EuroLeague Ooh. to improve the game? You know, uh, I, I like when once it hits the rim, you can hit the ball. Uh, you can hit the ball off the rim, and I think in the NBA there's, there's so much athleticism. You know, you, you get all the time. Even when I still do it sometimes, where uh, I see the ball on the rim and I'm like, ah, should, can, I touch it? can I touch yeah. it? Yeah, I'm hesitating. You know, just I've never played. I've been playing almost almost 30 years of just just basketball you know and just the last five years with certain rules um but that's one of that's one of the rules that i would say that would be interesting you know you have a lot of athletic guys um with with great uh you know guys like Kyrie and being able to finish off the glass and if it does hit the rim you can't touch it until it's off of the cylinder so i think uh it would make basketball really interesting in the nba with so much athleticism and uh you know, guards and being able to jump up and hit the hit the ball off the rim, and so yeah, I think that would change change this role. Uh, what about bringing NBA rule to Euroleague basketball? Ooh, I would want to see. Uh, I would say the three second rule. Okay. See how that. I want to see how that goes. Spacing like, again. More a little yeah. bit more spacing. Um, and I think that's what. Oh, in general, that's always gonna you're gonna score more points. Uh, when you don't have like, for instance, you can have teams with playing zone, full, you know, full court press. It's really interesting. Um, three twos, two threes, one two twos. So there's different different things that you can do in Europe to really mess with the other team, slow the game down. Uh, yeah, I want to see like, for instance, you bring guys out like uh, Mustafa Fall. You bring guys out like uh, Tavares. That can't, you know, they're sitting in the paint. It's hard to finish over these guys. These the guys are 7'2", 7'3", and then when they jump, they're over 10 feet, you know? So I want to see how it would be with a little bit more spacing. Uh, just, yeah, for one season to see how it goes, see, see where it goes from there. Which EuroLeague player takes the most space inside the paint? Oh, man. 
Tavares. Yeah, he's, you know, he was actually, he was one of my teammates as well in uh, Cleveland. Yeah, he's awesome guy. Um, and over the years, he's gotten so much better. Uh, he's gotten better and better. His touch is getting better. Uh, he's quicker on his, uh, his breakouts, you know, setting pick. He's, he's an amazing talent and uh, it's hard to recreate, recreate uh, this type of player when you're trying to scout, you're trying to run offense like, like these guys because not so many people in the world are 7'3 and uh, that are athletic like, the, like, like him. So I would say Tavares, uh, Eddie Tavares, he's, he's one of the guys that you, uh, that you would want in a European basketball uh, defensive presence and you know he's going to block all those mid-level shots the floaters he's going to alter these shots and uh, long layups and I think he really changes the game he changes uh, the game for point guards for sure when they're trying to come off screens and get to the paint so I would say Eddie. Going to the end what do you think what still separates Panathinaikos from becoming a playoff team at the moment? Um, I would say our, our chemistry you know uh and, you know, we've also had another injury with uh, Gregonis. Um, but we've had, you know, we got Nate back, which is a, which is a great help. He's a, a great playmaker for us, being able to shoot uh, off the dribble, spot shots, being able to get to the paint, his floater. I don't know what it is, maybe 70% on the season on just this one shot. And, uh, you know, but just his IQ and playmaking ability is, is, is what we needed as a team. Um, also, we got uh, Dwayne Bacon uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and it takes time. It takes time to really gel together as a team and build this chemistry. Um, but that also doesn't uh, happen overnight. You know, it, it happens when with these road with these road games like like tomorrow in Zagiris, and when let's say things aren't going so well, you come back, and you win games. This builds chemistry. You know, when you get road wins. You're on the road with just your teammates and, um, you know, we're eating lunch, breakfast together. And I, I think all of this over the course of we'll be out here for two days and you, you build chemistry like this. You see how your teammates are, um, not only when things are great, but when things aren't aren't so great. And I think that's why right now we're playing really well is because we've started uh, not not so good. But we stay together. We stay together and knowing that it's going to be better in the long run. But to be able to do this uh, overnight, not many teams can do this. Uh, just to be able to, you know, plug two or three guys in and just, okay, win. And it's, this doesn't happen like this, um, especially in European basketball with, uh, with the scouting and, and the execution in every game meaning much more, especially in EuroLeague. Um, but all this is, is, is chemistry. That's what, that's what I believe. It's positive energy uh, going into every single day, going into every single game, and trying to uh, just maintain that. And I think, you know, with a little bit of luck with hopefully guys who are injured coming back healthy, uh, being able to hit shots, being able to get stops when we need it, you know, all of this comes from uh, being on the same page, defensive rotations and everything that comes with it. And... Uh, yeah, but I think from us being an elite level team, that chemistry is going to just continue to grow. And uh, 
you know, we'll see you. We'll see you in a couple months from now. Just a short one. You mentioned Grigonis, and since we're in Lithuania, yeah, and yeah. you have two Lithuanian guys on the roster. Yeah. What makes you smile uh, about Gudaitis and yeah. Grigonis? Yeah, they're awesome guys, man. They're. Uh, you know, I played against them the last couple seasons, four, four years in in Europe, and uh, it's good. It's good to have uh, both of those guys on our team. I, I know Grigonis is. You know, he's he's upset that he can't be here. He's from here. This his family, his friends. I know they're all excited to see him. So, um, but you know, having these two guys on our team, they're both different players. Uh, both uh, say a little bit different uh, mentality uh, between the two, but they're awesome guys. You know, when you have guys who have good good character, good personality, who show up to the gym every day and and smiling, I think it, it rubs off on everybody of being able to bring this positive energy throughout the throughout the team so you know we're lucky to have both of them and uh you know they're they're a big reason why i think that things are starting to roll uh much better you know good has always been a starter he's always been a starter in this league he's played along he's played more yearly games than uh, anybody on our team and for him to have the role of coming off the bench is Uh, and bringing the energy every single night, uh, being our bruiser, being our rebounder, uh, it's great, you know. And uh, with Gregonis going to be coming back, you know, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. I know he's excited to get to to come back and play and help uh, contribute to our team. And uh, but yeah, he's an elite shooter as well. Great guy, great character. Um, so we're lucky to have both of them. Just the last question, Derek Williams. What the goal does Derek Williams has here in Europe? Oh man, just to continue to get better every single season. I think uh, you know that's what I've been doing. You know, the last last couple of years, I'm I've been on a couple of different teams, just trying to figure out uh, you know the road that I, that I'm taking and and where I feel the most comfortable, where I feel I can bring uh, value uh, to the to the team, to the organization, and I think. Uh, You know, as long as I keep keep where I'm at, stay level-headed, um, all the things that I know I want to happen will happen. You know, and I'm and hopefully uh, hopefully this season, with all the things that happened so far, I can continue to help lead this team to get to back to the playoffs, which we haven't been in a few years. So if I can do that, you know, I think uh, everything will be good. Okay. That's that's the main goal. Okay, Derek. Thanks right. a lot Thank for you. our conversation. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.